Hey, everybody, I'm Jody Vance. I'm George Affleck. It's time for... Unspun. Oh, that was daunting, dude. Look at even even Calvin's or Calvin's over there. Hey, look at him. He's like, what just happened? That's my like a bit of a, a bit of a hangover. Uh, hangover. <laughs> You've got a hangover, and I sound snotty. I've had the back to school head cold. Oh, really? I have, yep. I tested ever since I had a scratchy throat last Saturday, and now it's Thursday, and I've tested for COVID twice a day. Um, all negative. I just have head cold. Old fashioned cold. And it was like, you know, and, uh, I haven't had one for so long. It was very weird. I mean, you yeah, never like I don't think I've had one yet. Have I? I'm trying to think if I had a normal cold. I don't, uh, yeah, I did kind of have one. I had that terrible cough when I was traveling. But never was I was going to say, didn't you have one when you came back from Machu Picchu? Yeah, but it wasn't a cold. It was just a cough. I never had a cold. Anyways, man, what, anything. Anyways, okay, was, speaking of travel. So we'll get to it because I was at the UBCM function, but we'll talk about UBCM later. But that's why I'm, it's not like, uh, you know, this, uh, I was just out late with friends. There was, there was, uh, there was some business. It was, it was all about business, business. and <laughs> maybe a little bit of red wine. A little bit of wine. Maybe. Uh, let's start with what is happening. Um, standing up mm-hmm. in parliament and, and throwing out the, hardline accusation that India is responsible for the death of a Canadian on Canadian soil. That is a huge thing for Justin Trudeau to have done, uh, making a massive statement. Um, Your thoughts on what you've seen unfold over the last number of days and how things have escalated since? Very unusual uh, to take that kind of aggressive stance. And obviously the story has got so many different kinds of angles as far as the separatist thing and there's just so many different parts of it but i guess you know at some point and of course he has support from all the other parties in in uh which is unusual as well the conservatives are supporting him as well uh yeah i think obviously this is something very very serious you you can't just come in if this if the accusations are are correct come in and kill somebody in somebody else's country it's just yeah matter who that person is it's just not cool uh, it's like a spy movie though right i mean this is you don't think this kind of stuff really happens do you think this is James Bond? What, what's happening here? Um, so, so a really aggressive stance by the by the prime minister, and obviously repercussions. I have a trip planned for India in March for a friend's birthday. Uh, he's like, don't worry, this will be a one. He's in. He's a former diplomat. He's like, ah, this will last a week, and then we'll be back. So he's very bullish on this being a short term thing. Uh, obviously, from my point of view, it seems like a lot of tension with India yeah. and Canada. Because uh, you know their prime minister is like kind of Trumpy, right? In India, he's sort of Modi, uh, yeah, sort of Modi. Populist, so yeah, but this like and and the whole thing of of him not necessarily at uh, him being our prime minister, sorry, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau being in India, and then his his plane being stuck there because of mechanical, uh, uh-huh. you know, and there there's just so many pieces of this that when when looking at it in hindsight now, it's like, who knew what, when, and yeah. what is this, what is really at play here? And as you mentioned, you know, strained relations with Modi anyway. Um, and, and what happened in Surrey outside of the Gudwara, pardon me if I'm mispronouncing things here, but Nadir, the leader there, the Sikh leader who yeah. was gunned down 
um, outside of the, the Gurdwara in Surrey. Um, and, and then, you know, vehicle let on fire, like very much a targeted um, mm-hmm. situation. And, you know, what that means, not not unusual for such things to happen in Surrey, but certainly unusual for a leader of his level and and with the you know looking for ties to you know gangs and drugs and that kind of war that we've seen um across metro vancouver playing out for the last god decade plus um you know this just all as you said it plays out as as terrifyingly Mm -hmm. um foreign interference based and and yeah you know now india will be put into the uh inquiry the public inquiry that is all about foreign interference because it's not just about China. It's about all foreign right. influences. And, you know, we got to be aware that, you know, Russia is volatile. China is volatile. North Korea is volatile, like India. The, there, there's some power behind these countries and, and we are ill-prepared in Canada. I mean, that is just a fact, Jack. We don't have the rules. We don't have the laws. We don't have the infrastructure. And and frankly, the populace, like we're the size of California for crying out loud, but look at our landmass and look at how, you know, ripe for the picking we are to just have the bits of interference. And who knows if all of this picture is true or if it's way bigger than this or if it's a little bit smaller and it's being blown up. Like we don't know. So the, yeah, the next it's weeks also and months, the India is, you know, with the China issue, there's a lot of assumptions. A lot of the manufacturing is, you know, being enticed to move to India uh, because of, you know, as a, as a more stable place. Yeah. Apparently. And I'm like, uh, OK, so, yeah. yeah, there's lots of geopolitical impact this has. And it's certainly um, uh, strained relationships between uh, with the country, the billion people. And obviously, Canada has a lot of South Asian people here from India. And for sure. We, the, the proper term here is diaspora. Are you familiar with this word? I'm just learning this now. Sam Cooper pretty much taught it to me. It is about a people, wherever they might be from, mm-hmm. living in a land they don't hail from. Right. So you can call refugee, migrants, immigrants, whatever you want to, whatever, all of those words, diaspora community, because okay. there are people within the diaspora community who have family and extended family and 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 marriage related and children and grandchildren or whatever who are of the country that they now reside in so it's not like everybody's from somewhere else and they should just go on back home like we keep hearing the intolerant far right say like this is a concern this is my biggest concern here because i mean i have friends who are uh deeply affected by this and I'm having conversations with them asking for education because some of the talking points, George, my goodness, like oh, just the like drawing lines to bombing of airlines and oh, and who and what and, and then genocide and, and the splitting up of areas of India. And like there's a whole history there that, you know, most of my knowledge, frankly, on the subject comes from watching Anthony Bourdain travel through India and explain how families were torn apart when it was split off and, you know, how religion cut a line through this um, continent Mm -hmm. and created, you know, some of what we see in the divisiveness and, and, and it rips apart. I, my family, my mom was born in Yugoslavia, so I'm not unfamiliar with, 
um, political and religious stances ripping apart communities. You know, are you Serb or Croat? My grandfather was like, I'm Yugoslav, you know, and but that wasn't good enough. You had to pick a side. You got to pick a side and then you go one out from it and the diaspora. So the people who you would look at and say, you're likely from somewhere in this part of the world, whatever that might be. And then the ignorant people are going to blame all of the diaspora for what might be one incident because they're bad people. They're bad people in every race, walk and religion in every country, every corner of this world. But they're also the majority are good people just trying their best. And I worry for a community that's now going to be targeted by intolerant ignorance and bigots. Yeah, the racism definitely is. We saw that with the Chinese community over the last several years, yeah. the yeah. China stuff, and now we'll probably see that with the South Asian and and you know the people who are multiple gen- many generations in Canada, uh, yeah. probably more than my family, uh, being attacked uh, for you know their color of their skin. It's just brutal. But you know this policy, this decision, what do you do? What do you do when you're, you know, I think you have to take a hard line. You kind of have to say, whoa, you can't come into our country and do that. Otherwise, you know, we're just, what are we? We have no stance on anything. So it's interesting. Obviously, with Trudeau's, and we talked about this last week, with his polling numbers at the bottom of the the heap, uh, I'm not sure how this will help him, but uh, strength and leadership is always a good uh, tool to get your popularity rate, you know, ranking. And maybe flip the script, right? Flip yeah. script. Everybody's not talking about that. And then you got Pierre Poliev, who was standing at the podium taking questions as he often does. Someone brings up India and he goes, yep, nope. Mm, and walks away. <laughs> yeah. It was like, mm. yeah, it's hard to disagree on. It'll be interesting political political football, right? I'm using the terms that you've taught me. Um, let's bring it back to uh, BC, as you mentioned, um, yes. uh, UBCM, which let's mm. let's start with the UBCM here, because there's some interesting politics happening within uh this yearly gathering um give give your overall explanation and perspective for somebody who's listening to our podcast or watching us right now and and goes i have no idea what ubcm is (laughs) yeah i was thinking that union of bc municipalities so all the municipalities you know it's a organization where they get together and they they talk about policies they share knowledge that kind of stuff right so it's a conference uh and an organization that does a bunch of other things but every year they they put stuff on the floor, usually political or with, you know, a uh, focus to send a message to the provincial government about whatever specific issue that they may or may want to raise that they think that, you know, the province needs to change the policy on this or that. And this is where all of us municipalities stand. Gordon Campbell used to use UBCM in a really uh, effective way to engage with the smaller towns across BC. He was really generous to municipal governments, and he'd always have these huge announcements uh, at UBCM. Every year, he'd right. come with a little gift bag of things for all the municipalities. Oh, That's how he kept being very Jeez. successful. Exactly. Yeah. So Friday morning, we'll hear from the premier, the, uh, his first uh, uh, you know, announcements at what, it, what the NDP might have to offer. But... They did make you, you pointed out one thing they, they voted on this morning. I think it was, you said, yep. they voted on related Thursday morning. COVID. Yep. What was that? So that one was the fact that they decided after some, according to Richard Zussman, because I didn't witness it personally. So Richard gets the, the uh, shine here is that he put out a tweet that said after vigorous uh, and heated debate, much debate, it, it was voted uh, the, the motion was to return unvaccinated 
uh, workers to the healthcare environment yeah. uh, was voted down. Um, and the argument was that our healthcare system is exhausted and stretched so thin. And there are people sitting on the sidelines who refuse to be vaccinated, who could support the workforce. And BC is the only jurisdiction in the country that continues to have that line in the sand drawn that, you know, our healthcare uh, is 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 vulnerable to the to the virus um, in ways that other jurisdictions might not be because we have a more elder population, a lot of people who live um, on the edge of of um, immunity uh, are in British Columbia. We're kind of the Hawaii of of Canada, and you know people just gravitate towards here. And and right. in all the things that I've heard. Yeah. That's sort of the reasoning behind it. It's like we have more long term care spaces in this province. Yeah. And that's where and and you know, I don't I don't know the answer to it, but ah, I, I that's the I, challenge. I mean that's the challenge. The the motion, uh, you know, as I said, they it's a it's a request to the province to change their policy. Right. Generally, this NDP government hasn't been very like, eh, who cares? I don't care about what you have to say at UBCM. Uh so it'll probably go nowhere, but it does draw attention to the dilemma that the NDP are in on this issue. They took a hard line at the, at the heat in the heat of the of the COVID outbreak, where they said, you know, they were on this issue on healthcare workers. We were actually very easy going on a lot of other things in this province, like schools and where we let kids get back to school may, way any sooner than other provinces. But this one issue, we were the only jurisdiction in North America to keep schools open. Yeah. Yeah. period and, like and the only part of school right? that was closed was the end the last few months of 2020 like right. spring break it paused Believe schools were closed as a parent though, that's on that i one. did yeah. yeah yeah and you know what i think our kids are not as far behind as other jurisdictions because of it and it's a different population but i've also spent time in a long-term care home during a pandemic and it was terrifying terrifying yeah. so, but the ndp now have to make a decision yeah they backtrack on this decision right. about being tough and it, going back to what we talked about with the prime minister on in india it's kind of like that you know how do you how do yeah. you backpedal on something can you backpedal two years later is that okay when is what, what is the what and there was a different See, i don't look at it as a backpedal well, honestly well, george i gotta say like i know politically that's a thing to say <laughs> but in, in in our well backpedal okay. i think we've well, learned a I think we've learned a lot in the last two years about COVID. And so I don't think it's a backpedal to say, okay, we're now at a place where it is safe to have people. And and listen, I am not supporting anti-vax stance. Let's just be clear on that. But at the same time, I'm looking at it. Sorry, we're cross-talking. Nobody can hear us when we cross-talk. So let's pause. Won't that be what they worry about? That it'll be like they're, they're supporting... But can I can I say what I was going to say? Because I'm not really talking about what they're going to say. I'm giving the unspun take on it. Uh Right. So my take is that I don't look at it as a backpedal. If they say, you know what, we are going to allow unvaccinated healthcare workers in some environments. I don't think that would be a backpedal. I would understand where they say, hey, listen, cancer wards, you know, BC cancer. So people that can't get vaccinated can't have unvaccinated people around them. You know, the, the new vaccine that's coming this this fall is way better at preventing spread, which is great news. So if that's true, then are there some healthcare environments that would be safe? That's my unspun take. I, I think that if there was a move to shore up some areas of healthcare, I wouldn't look at that as a backpedal. I would look at that as, 
okay, we're moving forward where we need to take care of people. You know, if the, if the mammogram I see the worker, I see, I see a real hypocrisy there. If they were to go, okay, you, you guys who are against our policy back then, and you guys are, you guys can go back to work, but the rest of you know, you can't, you either do it or you don't do it. That's what the province has. But I'm I'm talking about unspun though, George, and that's the conversation that you and I are having. I don't care what the reaction will be to the government at this moment. I think that there is room, and I wouldn't call it, you said backpedal, so I'm going to, going back to my backpedal thing is Julie Nolan right now. Are you watching on Twitter, Julie Nolan, our colleague, um, right? So she has breast cancer. She she had to wait months and months and months to get uh, a mammogram and an ultrasound to find out just how aggressive and and awful her breast cancer uh, diagnosis was. Once they had found the lump and identified that she had it, now we need you to find out what kind of treatment you need. It took ages. Maybe there's a way to get, you know, the people that run the mammogram, the radiologists and the and the ultrasound technicians that and you can have it posted that, you know, this is an environment where, you know, if you're immunocompromised, you need us to let us know. And like, I think I think we can be smarter than that. I think we can walk and chew gum here um but then i'm mushy middle that's okay we're allowed to to disagree to me me, me, this is a communications issue which is a spin issue and so the province is in this dilemma where they they have to make a decision about a decision they made uh to say that was meant to be how show how tough they were uh to suddenly say okay now we're going to be uh easy on the people that we were tough on because times are different now but those people are different those people still contravene you know we're against the policy and we're very vocal about it and we're standing in, and as you remember you know putting what was being communicated to us at the time that people's lives in danger because they were not getting vaccinated so right why that, that maintains the province needs to decide remains. if they why would you want i'm not saying this is my judgment or why would you want those people who are against your policy who clearly don't support the government's policies on this issue back in the system i would say that the province is probably I would be very surprised if they were to say, okay, come on back. I think that would be a really challenging communications challenge for them because it would show hypocrisy. Okay. So you're not tough on. So, so all that. See, I think you're, you're, I think you're taking a leap of hypocrisy. You're calling it hypocrisy when we're two years later in something, we didn't even know where we were when they were like, hold the phone. People are dying. Our health system is overwhelmed with people with COVID. People are dying like en masse due to this across the globe. We're, We are in crisis here. We are in a different place now. We have heard that from scientists across the the planet. And now I believe, and, you know, I welcome scientists to correct me. um, I believe that the greatest risk are for people who are unvaccinated. Like the unvaccinated populace is at more risk today than the vaccinated population. So the issue now is don't put unvaccinated people or people who can't be vaccinated, who are immunocompromised or or in need of health care in a place or space where there might be an outbreak of COVID because of unvaccinated people. So are there areas of our health care? Because our health care system is is a big tent, I, I isn't it? That sounds so complicated that I can't imagine how they would actually even do that. Not to mention the fact that I think the, the, the BC United would just jump on this of showing the weakness of this government. And it's very, it'd be a very effective uh, device for the for the BC United uh, to go after them, and on the con on the but on the other side, with the surge, the Conservatives in BC could say, "Why aren't you doing this? Why are you not letting these people back?" So you have this challenge: the NDP who are sitting in the middle. You got the, the BC United who are going to say, "You're not. You're you're back. 
backpedaling, which is the word I'm using, and you'll have these conservatives saying you're you're now you're just using it you, to piss me off. No, but I'm you're just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, you guys are confusing. Yeah, yeah. No, you the conservatives are going to use it the other way. So NDP, uh, they'll, oh God, what do we do? I just don't think they'll do it. So let's talk about the conservative BC United NDP on SOGI one two three and what we saw with the uh, million children mark or whatever march or whatever the hell those crazies were yeah. calling themselves and they are crazy. Oh. Stop harassing children. Read SOGI one two three. It's not grooming. Right. Jesus Murphy. So. Um, you know, Kevin uh, Falcon kind of came out with like, yeah, I don't like this being taught in schools. And I think somebody was like, Kevin, read it. Because I read it, right? Because I, when Soji arrived, you and I had kids that were at that, you know, gentle moment. And I believe, I believe in sex ed in schools. So I'm one of the parents that, you know. No if, yeah, don't add to the population. Kids? That's the, don't add Read to the, the population. Books, learn about it, but don't you touch my don't don't you do don't you do it. But you gotta learn about it. But interesting though, and then you know the BC United leader Kevin Falcon sort of put out a statement that sounded a bit intolerant, and then he kind of switched it a little bit, which left rooms room for the conservatives to say it has no place in schools, and if we're elected, we will end Soji one two three. And I'm like, well, there goes a bunch of people, you know. Because yeah, come on, it's, come on. I, 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 it's it's interesting because obviously you want and you know you saw that some people sort of saying well this is about freedom of speech and you know it's a point you know let people need to protest if you want to say something sure. exact opposite of what you so let them have their protest of course um, and so there was some stuff put out by several organizations of of high you know provincial certainly that were you know calling it you know being very inflammatory about these this protest which is never good. Um, you know, the best way to treat sometimes process is just ignore it. <laughs> if you don't like it, just ignore it. Don't feed into it. So, yeah, I think, again, this is another example. This is, you know, Kevin Falcon is trying to play both sides here because uh, he's losing a lot of support in the north and in all these con potential conservative ridings, and they'll split the vote. And NDP are just going, oh, thank you very much. I'll take those ridings. Excellent. Yeah. I'll take that one and that one and that one. And, and you guys can have zero. Uh, where was the where was the pivot there like beyond the name change i know we talked a little bit about this last week for the bc united former bc liberal party uh and the popularity dip and you know now the the bc conservatives have status in the legislature with uh with the abbotsford uh, mla walking across the aisle big bucks big bucks for the conservatives it's mm -hmm. you know it's uh it means a lot to get official start status. You get an office, you get all sorts of staff, you get, you know, it's a big deal. So it's, it's not good for the BC United. I mean, I, we talked about this about a long time ago and I was very like, don't change your name. Like, don't. You did. You really, really did. That's You're like, what are you doing? Confuses people. So yeah. it can be a new party, like the ABC in Vancouver managed to surge and win in Vancouver, but they weren't the NPA trying to change its name, even though they kind of were, but you know, <laughs> they were all the NPA people went over there, but they were still the NPA. And so you had a successful, you know, and there's lots of, and the BC liberals originally that's, you know, Gordon Campbell took it over and, and he intentionally didn't change the name because he liked the fact that it was confusing in that the, the, the centrists would know where to go if they, if the right leader made sense, sense to them. Now with the BC United, it's simply considered 
conservative party, but it's not the conservative party because we have a conservative party. So now people are like, so right. is the BC United the Liberal Party now? Which is what they changed their name from. So it's, right. And you had that, but then <laughs> popularity of at the federal level for the Liberals ain't so great right now. And with Pierre Poliev surging, that serves the BC conservatives to be like, oh, so this is the Poliev party in BC. Oh, okay. You know, there's lots of people in the interior that'll be like, right. Now I know who I'm voting for or whatever. Exactly. Um, and, and that's and the a real city, thing. The city is, the cities, the major markets like Vancouver and like these are NDP strongholds, the bank around, they're not switching to anybody else. No. Um, and so you look at this sort of situation, it's very similar to the United States where you have major markets are a Democrat outside those major markets is Republican. Right. Uh, we have that challenge across Canada, uh, you know, centrist and left are, are the cities. And the conservatives are so there's it's a question of how it's going to take uh from the and for the B, for the bc united who right now almost only have seats outside the city um uh the, it's bad for them it's bad. but it can be some significant vote splitting right like you're splitting the right which dream come true know. for any other party believe me it's uh in yeah. politics there's there is you quite often you'll see the same funders funding the opposition parties or other parties in order for them to be successful. Stronger. We saw that in the U.S. Did, weren't the Democrats doing that, like supporting Trump Republicans in, in the um, the midterms? Just to... Oh. Oh. It was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, say like the okay. NDP probably get funded by the, the conservatives uh, in Canada to uh, ensure that liberals are weakened. So... Right. How it works. God. This is why we're called unspun guys, just in case you were wondering. You got to be following George on social media. He's taught me a lot over the last, what, 225 episodes? We're at 226. 226 uh, 30, or 26 or something. I don't know. <laughs> 226 episodes of Unspun Podcast. Uh, unspunpodcast.com. Uh, if you want to share this with your friends, uh, you can find George on Twitter at George underscore. Affleck, you did very well for a hungover dude today. George underscore Affleck. I'm at Jody Vance. I want to stay with UBCM for just a second because there was also some transit talk uh, at UBCM. Basically, hey, if we're going to keep growing like this, we better build some transit, guys. Yeah. You drive right now, once you hit leave Langley and you hit the highway out to Abbotsford, you're just stuck in traffic. And so, hey, guess what? There used to be a rail line along there when I was a it's all gone now but you know they could have had a nice rail line right there uh but it's all gone for the most part there's still a little bit of it left but in burnaby I was think. it on the north side of the highway oh, yeah. that's right okay i remember that yeah I remember that so yeah. that some of it's still there if you drive along yeah the north yeah. just the north road there in that area so why is it uh, taking so long i know well that's the thing and the, the you know we can't even we got the west coast express which is like the most highly successful most profitable you know route uh and it doesn't even operate more than like so six trains a day or something it's yeah it's so minimal and uh, you need something and they're getting the sky train to langley but is sky train the right technology for commuter rail probably not so what's the deal but they're even just like the ubc what's happening with that let's hear let's are we going to get an announcement about that we need to get going because we want to keep yeah, that man. plowing through yeah. again which is long um, it's my office now by the way it's like i can't hear it anymore i think it's it must be somewhere past granville now yeah it is it is actually. It is uh, coming close to Arbutus. Have you ever seen it? Anybody who has a chance, to, if you can, the big it, boring it, thing. Yeah, it's super cool. Oh, I've seen it. It's it's the world's largest. It looks like a massive jet engine meets a corkscrew. Yeah. 
That's it's one bottle wild. of wild. Yeah. Wine. Yeah. Um, I don't know where to go next. You know what? Let's go to the um, one more thing. Um, super political. Uh, the ousted MLA from the NDP oh, yeah. Walker, this guy like what what's the secrecy around this uh, Qualicum MLA? It's so weird because a week before he was attacked by a deer and he was all over the news for that. And then a week later, he's getting kicked out of the NDP. I'm like, what is going on with this guy? And it's and they're being very, very secret, which is, means it must be really bad. Um, but if so- it's really bad, George, how does it be? How is it kept secret? And he's allowed to run as an independent or not run, but sit he as is, an independent. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 unusual, but I'm clearly there's got to be charges coming or something. Um, but yeah, it's 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 very unusual, and you know, and and EB was very like hardcore, like no, this guy, yeah. I'm done. Like it was like terse. Not a slap and I wish I could tell you more, but I can't. It's like yeah, so that I don't understand that. No, it's a criminal investigation, I guess. So you can't talk about it if it's if there's if there's cops involved, you can't actually talk. And cops and lawyers basically, you're not allowed to. But we don't know. So I mean, we don't. We're just speculating, by the way. And and uh, but it must be serious. But he's very clear that he said he will fight and and uh, clear his name of whatever it is. He's not saying what it is either. So very unusual. Yeah, he also said, "I wish I could," and I'm like, mm, yeah. somebody knows. Only Somebody if, knows. Imagine if Trump followed the same when he was told not to say. No, I'm Doesn't right. Seem to follow those rules, dude. <laughs> we could talk about Trump for a whole hour here and and still not scratch the surface. You mentioned cops. Let's talk about what's happening in Surrey. It the saga continues, man. It's like the Brenda Locke, Mayor Brenda Locke tour of now targeting the metro or the police board that she chairs. I don't trust the board. You're the chairperson. Like, how does this continue? I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand what her end game is anymore. I feel like she's really dug herself in and, and she's just not willing to compromise. And in politics, it's all about compromise in the end. You 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 can't win. You can, you know, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta learn how to compromise. That's politics. And, and I think she could try and get more money out of the province, I think, if she wanted to. But it doesn't seem to be that's what she's looking for. It just seems like she just wants rcp to come back and i'm thinking well i don't think that's happening and right I, who's whispering in her ear she can't be coming up with all this on her own she can't be somebody is pulling some strings here right well i i and i know a lot of comms people i don't know any of that are working for her right now so i don't know maybe she is just saying i said it and i won and i'm gonna just keep doing this like what happens next do the feds step in and tell do the federal does the federal government step in and tell Surrey rcmp stand down transition we're done you're out and or does the province step in and say, listen, move forward with this or resign? Like they're, they're, this is public safety. This is yeah, yeah. I mean, well, or just you, push forward know, from the SPS. Yeah. And as you know, when we talked about this, municipalities are active at the pleasure of the province. So the province you taught me that. Yeah. Control the municipal charter and the act, thank you for charter the municipal act. Uh, and they can they can do anything, you know, they can say to a council that you sorry, you fired. So uh, they'd have to fire the whole council. I think they can't just say the mayor. I don't think. Uh, I think and they would just hold another election, and uh, they would take over. But they did it for Vancouver School Board, right? Uh, right. So yep. you know they've done it a couple times in Vancouver, uh, but right. I don't think I've ever heard of it happening. Oh, I think there was a municipal government. I'm trying to remember. There was one that was. I forget. I forget which one though. But I know I have to look back. I'll choose to find it for next week. But there okay. was. 
uh, but it can happen, I suppose. And I, I, I can't see it going that far because the NDP still look at Surrey. They, they know that's a balancing act there for the next election in one year. So they're also kind of going, okay, we, you know, how hard do we want to push on this right now? We've done our thing and she's doing, she's digging her own, you know, hole. And uh, in the next election, they'll probably be fine. And, and uh, for, her, for the for the NDP in that riding, which is a swing riding, it's a lot of swing ridings in, in Surrey. Um, so we'll see if it just, you know, I think if they took a real hard, hard, hard stance, that might, that might. Only 35% of the population of Surrey voted in that election. So when people are screaming, we voted for the RCMP, it's like, yeah, the people who turned out to vote definitely did. But 65% of the people who live in Surrey did not vote. So how can you assume their position? So would a referendum have made sense here? I hate referendums. I mean, I've been involved. I know you do, but I'm, you know. I just think that you have an elections referendum. So, you know. Right. The province could call a referendum, but why? I think the decisions are made. It's time to move it's done. on. It's done. Move on. Yeah. See, I, and, that know, was can, kind yeah, of a bit polling. of a retort. I know. I just wonder if she's got polling that she's that's telling her something that we don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe. It's expensive to do that kind of stuff. So where's that money coming from? Who's doing that? Or is she just going on instinct here of some... I don't know. It's strange. It's very strange. It's very strange. It's very strange. I want to add one more thing before we wrap up. I kind of lost track of time here. Um, this this overpass debacle in North Vancouver that happened this week where the uh, truck yes. hit the overpass yeah. and then it was Carmageddon and everybody's stuck. I mean, traffic sucks in North Van without a truck hitting an overpass and then everybody's stuck and then it's a hit and run and then the, the driver fleed the scene and then the trucking company gets fined $368, has their license suspended because they're not... Um, cooperating with police. The police are saying they don't know the name of the truck driver because obviously the trucking company is not cooperating. And it's like, where, where are we in this upside down world that this is even <laughs> possible? And why are these trucks keep hitting these things? What is happening with the trucking industry? Come on, guys. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Put your back things down for God's sakes. But this is, you know, this is criminal behavior right now. Fleeing a scene, you know, there's a lot of bad, bad moves by this company, and and uh, we'll see what they do. But I would imagine the police are taking a very special interest in this, um, and they, you know, they'll get, they'll they'll start doing their investigation into it, and they'll figure out who yeah. it is. I mean, it can be how very difficult. Far. How difficult is it to change the punishment for such things? Is it could Rob Fleming, Fleming as the minister, transportation minister, could he just say, okay, That's now? True. Doesn't seem to last. Three hundred and sixty-eight dollars. Yeah. Come on. That seems like an easy one. Just put a zero or two zeros after it. How about it's escalating? I'm all about the escalating fines. Like, sure, you can make a mistake. Yeah. But once you end it, it doesn't live on their record. Like, mm -hmm. where's the record? See, again, with our the way we're set up, we're a very forgiving, you know, oops kind of situation. Um on so many levels in Canada right now. And we're watching all of those oopses being used mm -hmm. um, in ways that are costing. And it's not just about money. It's about costing of community. Like the frustration around this, we're on the hook. Somebody gets a $368 fine and taxpayers have to pay for whatever it costs to fix the overpass. Yes. Like 
How about you got to pay for the overpass? How about there is no more insurance for that? You hit an overpass, you're on the line for it until you're bankrupt. So maybe right? that's a question, question for ICBC then. Maybe, because yeah. I, mean, I don't want to yeah. pay for this. I don't want to pay for it. Measure your load for Christ's sake. It's 52 feet. I don't work in trucking. And I understand that it's 52. But you got to be under 52. Have you ever been on those double-decker buses? Down to the, out they to scare the, me. I won't do it. I know. They're, you sit at the top, you feel like you're going to hit the when you're going through the tunnel. Can't do it. Like, I hate the tunnel anyway. I, that was my first column I ever wrote for the Orca, was how much I just can't with the tunnel. And I've had to travel it at least twice a day for the last four months in caring for my folks and all of the crises we were in. I know that bridge was supposed to be open by now. Like, I'm angry about it. I don't care who's in power. I am mad (sighs) that that thing has not been replaced. We have had governments of all stripes screw that up. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating as crazy. What time is it? I don't know. It's time to go. It's got to be 30 minutes. I'm going to guess it's 36 minutes and 42 seconds. Holy so you holy. let me know how long it was. Well, let's have I know. Well, we got we got a little heated today. I liked it. I feel a little like like my blood pressure's People down. People are home going, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> Were they? No. Oh, <laughs> no. We get along. We do not come from that. That's I Now go. I got to go fight with Linda for the rest of the evening. So I'll see you later. <laughs> have a good bye. Show. See you. Bye.